Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It's the session. I'm your host, Justin Crosley, as always, live from the Hop Grenade in Concord, California, and uh, enjoying myself. Had a couple beers before the show, as I like to do, to get ready for my guests, uh, who this week is Headlands Brewing Company. Uh, I guess I want to say out of Lafayette, but I think you guys aren't just out of Lafayette anymore. Uh, I've got Austin with me, I've got Ryan with me, and I've got Justin with me, the other Justin. Um, and we're going to talk all about Headlands today. And Austin, maybe let's just clarify right now. Is it Headlands out of Lafayette now? or Let's go with Headlands out of Pittsburgh. 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 Because okay. you guys have a, a production brewery and then the tap room, is that right? Yeah, we just took over the Pittsburgh, the old EJ Fair Brewing Company oh, in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, that's awesome. Two months ago. Okay. Oh, then we have a lot to talk about. I'm glad you told me that. I've got a long history with the EJ Fair folks, and some some folks right here at the Brewing Network helped open that brewery, too. Helped build it, brewed on it for the first time. Uh, my old producer, Shat, we called him. Um, so, okay, cool. I'm glad we get to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about a lot more, of course, as we always do uh, to get through the night. I'm excited to have Headlands here. I've already got one of their beers in my glass, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, first up, though, thanks to our sponsor, Morgan. More Beer, also headquartered out in Pittsburgh, California. Uh, the folks at More Beer have been the sponsor of this show since day one, but you know that. You've been listening since day one, too. Check them out over on YouTube. They do Free Beer Friday, where my friend Chris Graham over there gives something awesome away every Friday. Sometimes it's recipes, sometimes it's cool equipment that you can't afford or uh, that you didn't, you know, it's on like your wish list. So check them out. They do a good job over on their YouTube page. And uh, and of course, go to morebeer.com. Order your home brewing or professional brewing supplies and thank them for being a sponsor of this show a couple of updates too um i will be uh streaming the great american beer festival award ceremony this saturday that's uh october 8th it's 10 a.m mountain time so we're out of denver uh 8 a.m if y'all are in oh sorry 9 a.m if you're all in california you guys can figure out your own mountain time and pacific time just go to our youtube page youtube.com slash brewing network you'll find the event there 
Did you guys enter into the Great American Beer Festival oh, this year, man. Ryan? Uh, it's a it's a tough year for us with JBF. I I actually went out on paternity leave. Oh, nice. The JBF announced entry deadlines, right? And then it passed, and then I came back to work. Okay, and so I came yeah. back, and I was like, oh, missed sh- that. Yeah, so yeah. we we, uh, we did miss GABF boat this year. You know, almost every brewery I've had in here skips years, yeah. uh, either, either intentionally or not intentionally, so, you know, no no harm done there, but um, I will be bummed if I don't get to cheer for you guys. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, no yeah. cheering this year at okay. GABF. Well, go to our YouTube page slash Brewing Network and check it out, because we are bringing the awards. I think we've been doing it now for oh my god like 15 years or something uh we've been street not not always video it started out when i video streaming barely existed so we would do audio for them oh shit um and it's now evolved into to video and i yeah i'm always proud that breweries who don't get to attend the event but have entered get to like turn it on at the brewery at home and and celebrate their win so i'd be happy if you all tuned in for that it should be another great year and then I also wanted to mention, we brought it up on our last show, but the uh, our first ever Hop Grenade Pale Ale Fest is happening here at the Hop Grenade on Saturday, November 5th. Um, yeah, you know how the Bistro does like IPA Fest and double IPA oh, yeah. Fest? And I love those guys. Vic's been a, a friend and like a mentor of mine since we started. And I called him and I was like, hey, I'm stealing your format. And we totally want to do a Pale Ale Fest because it's... Almost everybody here at the Hop Grenade's favorite style, even after all these years. Oh, geez. Austin's poking me. He's <laughs> Is been, it you, too, Ryan? No, he's been bugging me for a pale ale for, ah. since I started. I Yeah. So, and I think we're going to talk a lot about lagers tonight. To me, um, lagers are coming back in force, and, I, and we can talk about, like, the, I think, sort of consumer demographic and, mm, and yes. why we think that is like lagers should have come back years ago because all of us brewers I say us but you know all of you brewers love them but the consumers weren't ready but now consumers are like oh it's so filling everything I, everything's so filling and I want so I feel like lagers get to get to blossom now well I feel like pale ale gets to live in this zone um, sounds obvious but between IPAs and lagers where you brewers get to mess with new school hops in an American pale ale, uh, but it's still on the lighter side, which is why we've always loved it here at the Brewing Network and the Hop Grenade. So we decided to dedicate an entire beer festival, uh, small beer festival, albeit, uh, to the American pale ale. So that's on Saturday, November 5th. Uh, tickets will be on sale soon. You can go to thehopgrenade.com as well as thebrewingnetwork.com and find out details for that. But we're doing, yeah, we're going bistro style. And right now we have plans to judge it by professionals. Like there's going to be awards for it too. Okay. But we might drop that for year one and just do people's choice. Ugh. What do you think about that? Is that okay to just do people's choice? Oh man, brewers may hate me for this. I love it. Just okay. just do it. It's your first year. Yeah. You're going to get the pass for it and have there just be one reigning champion. So that's kind of what but, I was thinking. And I don't want to I, I want to not screw up everything else, right? Or uh, you know, so I have a lot of love for the Bistro Fest, but mm-hmm. people know who judge down there too. Right. So great brewers, they kind of curve fit. They're like, "Oh, but I know they like this." And I know. Right. So if you keep it pro, don't tell anyone who your panel is. Well, not only will I not do that, I, I guess I'll do, but I'm doing a different panel. Like, at first I thought, because Vic doesn't mind if I steal all his course, ideas, yeah, yeah. he's so nice. Uh, at first I thought I'm going to steal all their judges. and <laughs> But then I thought, no, new judges. They've got great judges. New people. Oh, of course. Yeah. And that's why, like, I know a bunch of those guys. Yeah. 
But I thought, no, new judges, let's just get some something different in that sense. But then I started looking at how I'm going to get through. I think we're going to have like 30-something pale ales. And stewarding it and all of it. Yeah. Mm. All on the day, right? People's like, choice. Uh, so I think I might just go. You're one. This, there we go. You're <laughs> one. Like you said, I get a pass year one, right? I, I, I give you a pass year one okay. for whatever that's worth. That's worth a lot to me. I'll take it. Uh, all right. So that'll be uh, Hop Grenade Pale Ale Fest, Saturday, November 5th. Mark your calendars now, please, um, and, and come hang out with us on that day. Uh, other than that, the last uh, pieces of business I have to take care of is if you want to support the Brewing Network, you can still do that. Hit the donate button on our homepage. You can donate one time or you can do a recurring donation. And you know who you are out there. Those of you who have been doing it for years and years, it's the reason that we're still here. So thank you so much for doing that. If you don't have any extra cash, that's all right. Do your Amazon shopping like you normally do. I know you're all on Amazon anyway. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage. And I think once you do it, you're like locked in. You can do it like once. And then um, I'm not like spying on your purchases or anything. Don't worry. But it helps us out. Um, we get a little bit out of you doing that. Um, the the other thing you can do is just support our sponsors like more beer like the 21st amendment um, like blickman engineering like beer smith uh, like williams brewing you can go and just support all those folks and that's just a great way to to help us out too so um please do that and thank you to all of you who have supported the brewing network all right let's dive right back into this Right now, I have a Bohemian Pilsner in my glass from Headlands Brewing Company, um, and it's called uh, Point Bonita Bohemian Pils, right? Let's start with the name. Uh, you guys like to name things. You're, you're a very local-centric company, and I think a very outdoorsy company. Do I have that about right? Yeah, very okay. outdoor. We were founded in Marin, right. out, out in the Headlands. The Marin Headlands, which yeah. is just a beautiful place to be outdoors, right? Okay, so tell me about St. Bonita. Where's the name from? Yeah, Point Bonita. So Point Bonita, excuse yeah, me. Point Bonita coming from the lighthouse. Uh, it's actually the, the reason I joined Headlands. It was my favorite pills, and I met the guys who started the company. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so th- so we named the first three beers we made Point Bonita Pilsner, Hill 88, Double IPA, and Hawkill Hefeweizen, all spots in the Headlands. Okay. Now that we're more a... East of the Caldecott Brewery, we need to come out with some new names, but thankfully we have Justin and Ryan to help with that. But well, Mount, there's a Mount lot Diablo. out here, too. Yeah, there's a lot out here. Hellesbach. There's tons of, are you from the, the East Bay, too, Justin? I am, yes. Where at? Which city? Uh, are you from? Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek, okay. Walnut Creek, boy. Which right next to Concord here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the fancier Concord, really. I'm a neighbor. Okay, I like it. Uh, yeah, there's plenty out here to name yeah. things. So, okay, so part of the company ethos has always been part of like the land surrounding the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Founders are outdoorsy. Is that it? Like, are they yeah. hikers? What? So Phil Cootie, um, who's now head brewer over at Speakeasy, and oh, yeah. Patrick Horn, who is now running the beer program at Patagonia, uh, they started the brewery. Typical, typical story. Two yeah. home brewers got together, said, "Hey, let's start a brewery." Um, so yeah, and they met. Well, there's a lot of different stories that they tell me, but the story I hear that most is that they met when Phil was swimming from the Farallon Islands in Under the Golden Gate, and wow. Patrick was the guy holding the gun to shoot the shark, just in case a shark showed up. Oh, my God. Nothing showed up. <laughs> I hope this and is a story. It's between Phil and Patrick. Uh, yeah, they spend a lot of time running trails. You know, I think I do okay if I run five miles. Phil's yeah. like, I'm doing 50 or I'm doing nothing. Wow. And it's still the same case. Okay. Still, same story. That's impressive, I have yeah. to say. I, if I run half a mile, I'm in trouble. Yeah. It's a rough day. Uh, but I like, you know, there's a couple other breweries over the years that we've talked to that are, are kind of, you know, melded their lifestyle like that, their active lifestyle with beer, yeah. which, you know, doesn't always seem to fit. But in my experience, every time we talk to a company like this, it, it really does. You know, you get a little calories from beer, and then you go burn them. 
Yeah, we've always been very outdoorsy. In fact, January of this year, we joined a, a group called 1% for the Planet, started by the founder of Patagonia. So we give I saw at that. least 1% of revenue to environmental causes. That's amazing. Day in, day out. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really leaning into that with, with everything that we do right now. Did you guys, I'm sure you did, did you read the what the Patagonia founder just did it's, with his company? Yeah, he's gone like 100% for the planet, not yeah, 1% for the <laughs> this guy. So I've been amazed and impressed with this guy for a decade now, and he's been around longer than that. But I just started, when I became an entrepreneur and just started watching what he's doing, and if folks at home, if you haven't seen this, just search a Patagonia founder donates his company i think that'll get you where you want to be and he basically his succession plan was to donate the entirety of the company at least all of the proceeds to uh to nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, so instead of passing it off to his kid or even just another uh person to take it over he decided all the future profits from patagonia will go to the earth through this donation of the company to it to a nonprofit. yeah he's really raised the bar yeah. And kudos to his kids for not wanting the money. I mean, the they, signed on. Okay. they, yeah. Signed, yeah. they yeah. signed on. Yeah. It's, I mean, let's, they might not have had a choice. He's a very strong-willed <laughs> person, but I think they did. They buy into the ethos yes. that yeah. he's uh, – yeah. Uh, it's it's really an impressive thing, and I think something that other uh, corporations could uh, really follow suit, yeah, especially it's inspirational. Yeah, like if you've met your dream in life and you kind of have all the things you want, like the guy does, but his his uh, what he really wants for the world hasn't been met yet. So rather than keep all the money and pass it on, he's like, well, we're just the work's not done. Yeah. Yeah, what a good guy. All right, so you guys are 1% for the planet now, yes. which I think is fantastic. 1% of all of your, your proceeds go uh, to local, is it local uh, nonprofits? Or? Yeah, it's, to this point, we've we've partnered with East Bay Regional Parks, so we've done a couple of beers with those guys where we we've done a, we actually have a Peace, Love, and Parks beer out right now on the shelf that was um, partnering with those guys. We've partnered with uh, Save Mount Diablo. Nice. Uh, we've got a big one coming up at the end of October that we're super excited about. Okay. The biggest partnership we've ever done, so we can't even talk about it yet. Oh, it's right. Pretty, pretty exciting. Working out the details. Yeah, all the details are worked out, but Ryan needs to package the beer. Oh, jeez. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin, do you smell scoop? I don't know. I'm just, I'm <laughs> yes. just a little bit. I never get a scoop here either. Uh, so, if you join 1% for the planet, it's really a, a, just a commitment on that number. You still get to choose where the money goes. Is, do I have that yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We donate to the causes that they have to be signed up with the 1% for the Planet team. Okay. But yeah, all we really do is say we will guarantee at least 1% of proceeds to environmental causes, and that's it. Got it. And I saw you guys did like a big Earth Day promotion in Lafayette, where even that day you gave like 10% of proceeds. Yeah, we've done a few of those, and we'll do, we'll do a few more. Okay. Um, we've got one coming up with the World Wildlife Foundation as well nice. soon, so we're going to do a few more of these. Great. They're fun. All right, let's talk about the Bow Pills in our glass. Describe this beer to me. All right, so we're talking about uh, Point Bonita Bohemian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Czech-style, Bohemian-style Pilsner. Um, but what differentiates this Bow Pills right off the bat from many others is a dash of rye. That's that's, oh, right. that's really influenced this beer from its inception, and it was a, 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 a recipe, I think, originally from Phil. Yep. And... Um, Really honoring the spirit in that, keeping keeping this beer uh, right now is 100% Vireman with with uh, Vireman rye malt as well. Interesting. Um, and uh, you know, front bittering additions with German tradition, uh, but finishing everything after 15 minutes with Czech Sots. Okay. So really, just a nod and like a nice solid firm bitterness. We you know we the label says 38 IBUs. 
I think this lot is floating a little higher, you know, 40, 45 maybe. And uh, I really like the kind of crisp and, and herbal finish that we're getting from the sots yeah. uh, with this point bow right now. So, What do you think the rye does for it? I think the rye gives a roundness of malt character that in a beer that is so dry mm. makes it just complex enough to play maybe a little better with food okay. or, you know... A lot of great brewers love Bohemian Pills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and rye isn't a, necessarily a common adjunct that you may turn as a brewer and be like, boom, that's what I'm going to do with my Bo Pills. So it, it's a it's a differentiation, a deviation from the norm that uh, helps that little bit of spiciness interplay with that Czech Sots hop finish Yeah. Um, to, to just stand out a little bit. Yeah. So it does make it stand out. And... So to me, like one of the trademarks of a Bohemian Pilsner is that kind of flowery malt character. I don't even like, I don't like to say fruity. To me, it's usually like herbally flowery. Obviously, like herbal from the sots is, is pretty normal. But then, I don't know, something about like just the delicate malt, right? And then this one, on top of that, I love the, the firm bitterness. In fact, I like that you described in the, in the beginning, like check pills, Bohemian pills. Yeah. Like right kind of in the middle of that. And I wonder if the rye like gives you the ability to add that firm bitterness. Well, and, and that retronasal too. I mean, I, I've been sipping on my glass. Unfortunately, my, my half pint's gone. It seems to happen. Nicely done. Um, but I it uh, it leaves this kind of retronasal and this like sustaining firmness to palate that yeah. Yeah. Um, if I had more beer in my glass, I'd actually be wanting to drink more right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it brings me back to the beer, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, and, and I also is- and I also think you know that is why that interplay with food is pretty important. You know, I I think it couples really well with a wide variety of foods. Then sure. sure. Yeah. I think the Germans would agree with you. I hope part so. of the part of the point. It's one of your flagship beers, right? This is always in I, rotation. You know, yeah. I I think Point Bonita is our flagship. It may not be our our lead seller. Okay. Um, and the the spirit of Headlands, it, you know, to me embodies is embodied by Point Bonita. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Does your lead seller does it describe with three letters like everybody else's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what anybody does, not, the lead yeah. seller is no matter what you try. The almost ninety nine point. There's a there's a, it's a rare occasion that someone comes in and goes no no it's actually our this beer yes and I'm like wow maybe your IPA sucks I don't know. <laughs> Because, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, but I, just the letters. It, it doesn't even matter if the beer's good sometimes. Just the letters sell it, right? I, it it does. I mean, look, I have a love-hate with, with IPAs, and, and uh, I love to drink them, but I talk a lot of smack. So, sure. you know, maybe that'll come out here in a little bit. That's but that's why yeah. we're going to taste... Uh, we're going to taste four lagers and then one IPA. Okay. I like that. That's actually a change for this show, too. Amen. Well, and back to what I said, I think that consumers uh, are evolving uh, for various reasons, for for dietary reasons, their palates are changing, right? I even think that the rise of the hazy IPA is just a precursor to lagers being loved because they gave you that sort of delicate bitterness that was now more acceptable. Mm -hmm. And now once your palate adjusted to that, like if you were a new craft beer drinker, you were like, oh, that Pilsner's really good too. It might be flowery. It might be some of those things that hazy, right? No, I I, look, I'm a fermentation nerd. So when it comes to to IPA, if there's a style of IPA I love or love to hate on but still love it is hazy ipa i mean you want to 
dive into the the dynamics of biotransformation and like the, those beers don't exist without fermentation. Yeah. Um. So that's cool to me. And I'm excited that like West Coast is coming back and there's more interest in a lot of the fun lager styles. And, you know, even for a brief period, I, you know, I, I joined Headlands uh, November of last year. OK. And I came in and, and the Lafayette Taproom Brewery was was a little bit of a playground. It's a small, I'd consider it like R&D scale. What, how many, what size? Is the uh, it's a three and a half barrel. OK. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just big enough that if you make a really good beer, it's gone on a weekend. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of the goal. Right. It's like, can we sell six or seven kegs of this in a week? weekend or in two weeks um but i actually didn't do that i just i'm like austin i'm gonna show up i'm gonna be a real pain in the ass and i'm gonna brew like northern english brown okay. and i'm gonna brew grisettes and saisons and like right. all this crazy stuff so the, like, beer, the beer do? heads are actually kind of coming out of the, the woodwork They're like oh this is rad look at all these weird beers yeah. and that's what's fun about having lafayette is we have this playground where we can really bite off anything we want to play with you know putting on like a hellerbach you know um is that so, what justin brewed What's no. your favorite beer that you guys brew, or, or your favorite style of beer, Justin? Yeah, um, we haven't um, brewed it ourselves yet, but our new hazy coming up, I think, will be my favorite beer. Okay, uh, so right. he's the hazy specialist. You need one. You got. You have to. Yeah. No, it's it. Uh, Justin's great. We we'll, we're gonna we're gonna lean on him. We're gonna pick on him pretty hard tonight. What, did um, you brew somewhere else before uh, Headlands? Yeah, uh, I previously brewed at Heretic Brewing Co. out in Fairfield. Oh, my dude, Jamil. Yes, sir. Did you like Jamil, or was he a bane in the ass? <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I. That's my feeling. But I love the guy. But what a pain in the ass! I would never want to work for him. He humbled me for sure. Did he? Absolutely. Yeah. He's yeah. like, okay, hot shot. Like, yeah. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't, you know, be the brewer I am today. So. He does know what the hell he's doing. Sure. I, I've always given him that, but I could never work for the man. Hey, yeah. I did it for four years. You so. did. Nah, yeah. Good on you. Yeah. So okay. So did you go straight from there to to Headlands? Yeah. So uh, I'm from, like I said, Contra Costa County. Okay. Uh, I lived in Fairfield the last like 15 years, and then. I just recently moved back in December and was over paying for bridge toll. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so um, I found a new home over at Headlands. Nice. And uh, it's been a blast. It's been about two months now. Okay. So. And when did you guys open Lafayette, Austin? May of 21. Okay. Now, let me... Actually, let's take a quick break because I want to figure out... Because you guys, for a while, I think were self-proclaimed gypsy brewers. So, yes. Is, is that right? That's true. Do we still use that term? Is that? I'm not sure, but it, it <laughs> is kind of funny because you were talking about GABF. In 2017, we won a silver medal with our Wolfbag Ridge IPA. Oh, yeah. Brewed at EJ Fair in Pittsburgh. Oh, right. So And now full circle. That's full circle. Like we're back where we probably should have been in the first place. Oh, so, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Nice to have a real home. I love that. Yeah, because so I was reading and doing my research. Of course, I've known about you guys for, for a while anyway. I've had your beer. In fact, here, let me ask you this before we take a break. I feel like you guys were some of the first to pioneer the 16-ounce can. Nicely done. Right? When I, when I looked at joining Headlands back in 2016, there were three 16-ounce cans on the shelf at Whole Foods. Ah. Pizza Port, Modern Times, Headlands. That was it. Okay. There's a couple more now. Two more. Two more. Well, more. two, maybe three. Yeah. Well, in pre COVID, it was already on the rise, but yeah. once COVID hit, I mean, forget about it. I feel like <laughs> Russian River's the last one that doesn't have a 16 yeah. ounce can on the on the show. Do you, you, Vinny's going to hold up forever. My, my buddy, yeah, right. My buddy, everybody's buddy, Taylor over at Whole Foods, was return, return every call within like three seconds because like we were one of the three breweries, and now. Now try and track those guys down. They're like, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. That's and by so the way, funny. Amazon owns us. Do you <laughs> right? Do you, 
Do you can you like pinpoint a specific reason that you guys thought the sixteen ounce can was either important or the next big thing? If you've met Phil Cootie, yeah, Phil's like it's going to be cans, it's going to be sixteen ounce. I'm not. That's it. That's it's the it. proper pint. I'm not going to put anything in twelve ounce. I'm not going to put anything in a bottle. And, he's and right uh, about we that. never have. Right. Oh, you've never bottled the thing. We've never. We did bottle a sour a couple of times. You kind of everything have to else. Do that. Yeah, kind of have to. Never put anything in a twelve ounce yet, and oh, uh, right. everything's been in a can. So, is it f- like four packs and singles on the shelf around yeah. stores for, for all Hannah? four packs? No nineteen twos yet, or interesting. if I have my way ever, <laughs> <but> we'll see. Nineteen twos <laughs> are interesting to me. They're, no, they're they're so polarizing. I could go down a <laughs> rabbit hole with that. We don't want to get into nineteen twos. So, I, I kind I have a love hate because if I really like the beer, I'm stoked that it came in a nineteen two. But I'll be honest, I've had brewers come in here with their nineteen twos, and I'm always like. Why? What do, you, what do you think? If you really like it, you could have 32. <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I will. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a, a quick break. And when we come back, more with Headlands. And we're going to find out about how uh, you guys came to have your own brewery, especially the one in Pittsburgh. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the session. I am still hanging out with Highland Brewing Company, and we're drinking their beer, as we like to do. Um, Highlands Brewing Company. Headlands. Oh, my God. Austin, this is why you're here. Nobody rhymes, Joe. Yeah. I was drinking a beer. There's three. Yeah, he's like, "Ah, we'll just let this one slide. But if he doesn't get it right soon, uh, Headlands Brewing Company. And by the way, you can go to headlandsbrewing.com and find out more about their beer and their locations and and everything else. So go to headlandsbrewing.com and check it out. All right. Uh, So for a while, you didn't have your own brewery. You were, quote unquote, gypsy breweries, which basically meant that you would kind of take over other folks' breweries for a while. They would brew the beer for you. Um, And we've discussed that at length on this show, so I think our listeners mostly know that that business model. I think it's actually in the time... When did you guys start? 2013, which no one would believe. Yeah. Including me. (laughs) Because of the growth since then? Uh, Because it was a little slow for a while, and then we almost shut down in 2019 because we just ran out of money. Oh, right. And then Lafayette came along, and so... And change things for you Yeah, change everything. Because I was going to say that I think that that model was a smart move, the Mm -hmm. the gypsy brewing model. Rather, like, in fact, if you had run out of money, almost run out of money in 2019, I would venture to say if you had bought a brewery in 2013, you definitely would have run out of money, right? Yes. So I think kind of a good model uh, to start with. So, but now you have your own production brewery, and is this your first one? Other than that little baby in Lafayette, yeah. That's okay. The f- first brewery. So Gypsy Brewery to put your cans on the shelf until yep. you, you opened Lafayette in 2020? 2021. 2021. Yeah, May of, May of last year. Yeah. Okay. Right. So Lafayette, by the way, folks who are not in California, in Northern California, is this awesome little town um, that I was afraid to open in because I wasn't <laughs> sure that it had quite enough population. Even though it does, I just wasn't quite sure of it. But it's perfect for a brewery and beer garden because there are folks that need a place to go hang out and drink beer and I feel like Lafayette didn't have that. Yeah, that's, I mean, credit to Nick Martinez who was running the taproom over at Speakeasy. He was driving by and he saw a four lease sign. Okay. And he knew we'd been looking for a spot and he just said, this space looks great. Yeah. And we looked it over and literally it was like, we're going to shut the business down or we're going to find a place to live. Wow. And we found that place to live. We built a little brewery there. It was an old art gallery. Yeah. Start to finish. And uh, we've got an amazing beer garden in there, a little brewery. And it's it's gone 
so well that we're like, okay, we can't shut the thing down now. We better keep going. Yeah. What a scary moment, though, where you're like, it's either over or we're going to pour more money into this lo- this location for us. Try having a conversation with your wife about that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, we're Wait. already pretty much bankrupt. Let's do it again. We're doubling down. Uh, okay. But it, you know, that is kind of a crazy move, but clearly worked out for you guys. Yeah, it's been uh, brilliant. Did you have to, if you don't mind me asking, but some of our listeners are... Uh, you know, prospective entrepreneurs. Did you have to take on new investment uh, to in order to open the tap room? We did not. You were able um, to just kind of scrounge it up. We did have four hundred one ks that are not quite at the uh, what they level they be. were before. So self investment. Yeah. yeah, it's been self investment. Yeah, to, okay. the, to this point. So it's a beautiful spot, and and really focused on kind of the outdoor space that is there was something you guys chose to do. Yeah, we wouldn't. I mean, I grew up in New Zealand. You don't drink beer inside in New Zealand you'd always drink it outside yeah and, yeah uh, that's that's everything we ever do is always going to be outdoor focused whether it's uh partnerships or whether it's the beer garden or new brewery new tap rooms okay and you put in the three barrel brew house at, at the same time but yeah 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 okay so at that time then you must still be kind of gypsy brewing to to keep the sh- the, the shelves stocked at other locations yes okay correct. And where were you doing that? Is it, can we talk about that? Or Yeah, mostly yeah. at Speakeasy. I oh, mean, right. okay. Phil, Phil was our head brewer. Phil left to work as head brewer at Speakeasy, but he knew the recipes, he knew how to make the beer, and so most of our brewing's been over there for the last few years. Okay. Um, and frankly, they've done a really good job. Yeah. I mean, our product in the cans has been, has been really good, but we always did want that home. We just hadn't found one. Sure. Well, it's expensive and, yeah, all of that. Not, not only do you take that risk, by the way, but you take that risk in 2021, yeah. When things yeah. are still kind of, especially out here in Contra Costa County, like there's still kind of regulations about COVID. They're, they're going back and forth. But you guys just went all in. You said, fuck it. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Actually, I moved to New Zealand for a year because I'm like, I don't want to hang around with COVID. So oh, my yeah. wife and my kids and I, we went to New Zealand. And Alex Brew, who was the first, he's the longest serving employee at Headlands. He basically project managed getting that whole thing up and running with me working down in New Zealand. Wow. And uh, so he's really the reason that we got that place up to where it is today. Okay. And it felt right the whole way through. And frankly, the, the, the city of Lafayette was like, you know, some cities, frankly, you talk to them and they're like, eh, let's try and put some roadblocks in. They're like, we want you guys. They're all they, in. However we can help you out. And it's been amazing. And we opened up and uh, I was still in New Zealand, literally day one we opened. Wow. And uh, people were sending me videos like, look at this place. Like it was, we hadn't even told anyone we were opening. Let's just open the doors and see if anyone shows up. And, and people it was are ready. Bananas. Day one. Oh, I crazy. love that. <laughs> I love that. It really is a beautiful spot. Thank you. Can I tell you, uh, I sort of had this opposite COVID and New Zealand experience with you uh, than you. I was in New Zealand when it hit the States. So I was there for hop harvest. Yeah. Uh, so whatever that is in 2019. And I'm there and everything's going fine. And, and me and my New Zealand friends are reading in the news about this COVID thing. <laughs> and, and the New Zealanders at the time, they're just laughing at it. And they're laughing at me. They're like, what's wrong with you Americans and this you know, panicking about this flu that's out there? And uh, before you know it, I'm like driving through i'm trying to get myself to uh uh, abel tasman Mm -hmm. i come down the mountain and for the first time 
I see all these New Zealanders like panicking and running around, which you don't really see. They're very laid back people. Only when we lose rugby to Australia, then it gets a little nasty. <laughs> well, or apparently if the liquor store is threatening to shut down <laughs> because everyone's running left and right and uh, my friends start calling me and they're like, uh, hey, dude, like, I don't know where you are, but you have 24 hours to get where you're going to be for the next we don't know how long. Jacinda Ardern is shutting down the country <laughs> and wherever you are whether that's a campground or whatever it is you're stuck so I was so I hauled ass back to Auckland uh, got to my friend's flat luckily in like 14 hours and was stuck there until I could get a flight home wow I should have fucking stayed to be honest with you yeah, I probably I, I, <laughs> wait what, what you didn't yeah, stay it did seem stay. pretty nice we, we yeah. left here in like July of I don't know 20 I guess and the first weekend we were there, Bear Festival in Wellington. Second weekend we were there, All Blacks New Zealand rug, uh, All Blacks Australia rugby game. Yeah, it's just like this is real life, the normal life for for you only for, for you and yeah. only you. It was yes, it, it, we were very lucky. Yeah, you could have broadcasted from afar. It would have been the Sunday session again. <laughs> I hundred percent could have and would have and should have. The only thing that made me leave was the the hop grenade. Oh. Like we had gotten shut down and yeah. I had to get back here to figure out how to yeah. sell beer out the door, right? Like yeah. what the same thing everybody else had to do here. But you know, in hindsight, I should have just said fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just stayed in the Anyhow, I just I like to hear that you went back and good good on you because then you got to kind of chill out. You yeah, know. we did. We chilled out. We learned a little bit about New Zealand beers, which are, New Zealand beer is good now. Absolutely. When I, when I left a long time ago, it wasn't so good. Well, you want to talk, like about, you talk about pale ale, you know? <laughs> like, that's it's pale ale and fun new hops. I had so yeah. many great beers there. Yeah. And yes, and, and then as soon as I came back, because I was there for hop harvest, all of my favorite Bay Area breweries are using New Zealand hops. Yeah. Which, and I know they've been around before, so maybe I just didn't take note as much. But I also think they really rose in popularity starting around 2019, 2020, and till, till today, more popular than ever. Oh, yeah. In fact, the poor bastards in New Zealand who brew beer are having trouble. They can't get them anymore. <laughs> they can't get their well, hops. Now the dollar's so strong, we're, we're just going to dominate them. Uh, in when I was a kid, it was all tobacco. Mm. And they ripped that mm. all out and put in grapes. And okay. so just to get to the point of ripping that out and putting in hops again, was that was a challenge as well. Oh, so sure. I think, yeah, 2019, not that – yeah, it wasn't that long ago. But, yeah, uh, and I think it's a bright future for New Zealand hops. And thankfully, because – God, are they good in, uh, in well, all craft beer, but I'll, I guess I'll just toot our own horn, in American craft beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of my favorite beers from my favorite breweries around here are using uh, Matueka, certainly Nelson, Ruwaka. Uh, uh, in fact, I just had a, a pale ale, an American pale ale from Faction. It's on tap now that I think has Ruwaka in it. Yeah, I've, had, I've tried like three different yeah. beers this week that had Ruwaka in it. Yeah. yeah. And what I like about the New Zealand hops, too, sorry I'm getting us on a New Zealand tangent, but <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> some of that some of the dank qualities that I never liked before. Diesel, so, like kerosene, yeah. like I like it now. So I I like it, but I find it to be lot specific. It's kinda like, you know, mm-hmm. how there's great Simcoe and Caddy Simcoe. Yep. I find you get that with the New Zealand. So it's a great excuse for Austin to send me to hot sele- hop selection here yeah. um, shortly so that we can, you know, get yeah. the best of the best New Zealand hops. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Because uh, so some of my favorite breweries around here, um, I feel like they're consistently good. And and I think there's two reasons. One 
almost without exception, they go and select oh, yeah. their own lot. Oh, yeah. So no, that's I, a, defer, a, de, a determining factor. For sure. And they're just gr- good, consistent brewers, right? So, like those two So lock things. it in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll find other brewers, and I'm like, wow, yours is really good, like my other friend's brewery. And they're like, yeah, we bought him off of him. Like he had excess <laughs> in his contract, so we're on. And I'm like, well, there it is. It, it is can be very lot specific. I, 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 I do think so, because I have bought some... Some, and this is what's fun about the this, the R and D system yeah. is buying some of these spot and seeing how these hops hit and you know knowing these brewers and seeing how they're using them and then using them same way and doing my own things with it yeah and it's uh it's not quite the same it 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 does come down to you know it's it's an it's an agricultural product you 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 need to you need to do the hop selection yeah so absolutely all right let's talk about the fest beer in our glass and we're going to come back to the to the production brewery. Uh, but what is this your Oktoberfest? So uh, this was a sm- this is a, a really fun beer. I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a lager nut. I'm a lager head. Um, and what I like about this fest beer is that it is a Keller beer. It's a Svickle beer. So this is an oh, unfiltered. Yeah. It's intentionally this this color um, and and has that opacity, but leaving a little bit of that yeast body and the bitterness that it that does encompass and hold on to the palate when you do drink and the retronasal that comes from that really fresh. I mean, we racked this. You racked this on Friday. Yep. Oh yeah, and we put it Freshy on fresh. So it's uh, we call it. I've done a couple of fret, like super fresh calorie beer fresh styles. Series. So, uh, you know, and again, it's like three, three and a half barrels. So we move through these beers so fast nice. and it's really fun. But uh, this beer is interesting in that it's um, virtually all Admiral malt. So oh, uh, good. it's, it's vitamin based malt, but all the character malts are Admiral and I'm trying to target a more modern fest beer. So this isn't a Mertzen. Uh It's very much, the kind of a modern fest beer and you know of the big six fest beer breweries in munich yeah you know some of them have bowed to modern palates and some of them are like no we, we this is not what we do no we brew mats and yeah um and that's fine uh i i liked to i like to interpret fest beer as a little lighter a little more approachable you get some of these cool malt characters really amazing german lager character with a you know a yeast strain near and dear my heart um which is what the Weinstefan? No. No. Augustiner? No. Uh-oh. I'm You're, striking out here. Keep guessing. <laughs> well, we're going to taste three three more beers with yeah. this specific yeast strain. So they all have it. Okay. You'll you'll just keep peeling it apart. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. You'll maybe. Guess. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that good. Yeah. It's no. It'll, but um, yeah, it it's a fest beer. So there's a lot to talk about, but there's also something to me about a fest beer that is, can you put it in a liter and drink it? Yeah. And if you're not doing that. I did yesterday, so nice. You it happens, yeah. You did. Well, yeah. after you won a dance competition, yeah, man. I was, I was thirsty. Was this at the brewery? <laughs> yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah. Well, well, no, the dance the, competition. Oh, the was dance at the competition yeah. was not. It was down the street, but okay. Yeah, I needed. Yeah, I needed a thirst quencher. <laughs> a man with talents over here. Oh, do yeah. you guys do leaders just for Oktoberfest, or this was just a one-off thing for Oktoberfest? Yeah. And, and I think it's fair. I mean, the twenty we do twenty ounce pints, which I love. <laughs> it's half the reason why I joined Headlands. I joined Headlands November of last year. Okay, and I showed up. And I'm like, if they don't have a proper pint, I don't know if I can work here. And they wow. did. Wow. So check that box. Even before you got there, they had the 20 ounce. Yeah, pint. exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. It's 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 mandatory for me. So we did. I helped put on the Concord Oktoberfest here in the park for a couple years. I've since stopped because it's a big pain in the ass. But um, they I wanted it to be as traditional as, as possible. 
But honestly, I chickened out on the liter beers. I did. I you, ordered half. half I did half liter steins. So you come on, order two if you want. And I'm purist too. Like I've been to Oktoberfest. I absolutely love it. But I also can handle my shit. And I was worried that Concord couldn't. No, yeah, <laughs> those Concord locals. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's a there is something there where like they. You know, it's more of a family event, but they'll go. They'll drink a few liters, no problem. Yeah, and it's fine. Right. Um, no, it's the it's the Aussies, the Americans, and the Italians who are hammered at Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's not the Germans. Yeah, no, the Irish and the German are fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, in short, you know, this is this is a really fun beer in that, uh, you know, we were trying to get it in. And I'm like, man, I don't think we have time to lager in Oktoberfest, but I really love Keller beer. Okay. I've had a lot of fun playing with that recipe and dialing back on finished bitterness, but letting that yeast carry through with some of that breadiness. Um, so it's less tank time in a Keller beer. It's very much so. Okay. Very much so. I, I We brewed this beer. Look, this is non-traditional. So if you're German brewing tradition, plug your ears. Uh, we brewed this beer 9-12. Okay. Um, and we kegged it 9-29. Oh, I see. Wow. So we got it through prior so fermentation. Right. We cold crashed it, and made, you know made sure it cleared via, uh, VDK diacetyl, and that's quick. And and carved it. You know, it's I, delicious. It worked out. I so I like having two or three weeks even with a Keller beer. Yeah, and we're under a timeline. You know, under a timeline. So I uh, I was like, well, there's only way I one way I can make a fast beer, and it's going to be a a spickle. Yeah, a spickle fast beer. And nice. uh, not many people have done it. I actually I googled it before I came on the show. I was like. Is anyone doing this? Do people in Germany even do this? And they actually, I don't think they do. Right. Like Revolution Brewing in Chicago okay. has one and like another brewery There's here There's another one and we serve them sometimes only in bottles that does as Vickle too. Gosh, what is their name? But anyhow. Is it German? He's a German. Who's, but he's an American brewery in St. Louis, I oh, think. Oh man, I should know this off the top um, of my head. He, so I met him years ago and interviewed Schlafly? him. Uh, no, but okay. they're good too. Yeah. I met him years ago at the Great American Beer Festival and interviewed him when he was the experimental brewer for Anheuser-Busch. Ah. And they have brought this German over to be that. Then he left them and opened his own brewery. Yeah. It's a real uh, urban chestnut. Oh, urban chestnut. Have you chestnut. heard of that? Yeah, no. And uh, and actually, you have some beer in the cooler. Out oh, do we front. have it now? Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if I think it might be Svickle beer. Actually, there's one that I think their flagship is yeah. Svickle, and well, it's great. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's something. It's a little twist on lager for me. Um, being and and that is the opportunity of a system of that size, right? Yeah, yeah. We can bring consumers whether they know it or not, something that they can't get anywhere unless you're in Bavaria. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I studied beer in, in Germany and we toured around and we were drinking beer from massive, you know, the big producers down to the smallest, you know, town pub. Yeah. Um, I was always gravitating to things that were, you know, there is more than those crystal clear beers sure. in Germany that aren't just half a Weizen. And even the Germans may not admit it, or at least the Bavarians won't. <laughs> but there's really this other beer culture in Germany, too. Yeah. These one-offs. Sure. No, for sure. Um, so so uh, how many taps do you have at the tap room? Because you saying that now you get to experiment like that and do these one-offs. What are we talking here? So I think it was a, it's a four, we're, 14? We're 20, but... Three of them are wine. So yes, call it seventeen. Uh, so you do wine on tap. We do wine on tap, and yeah. we, we always like to have some guest beers coming through. Nice um, as okay. well. So if we have ten Headlands beers on tap, that's a lot for us. And Although, they tend to not be your, I don't know, quote unquote, uh, um, um, uh, flagship beers. Or do you always have those on? There we too? always try to keep those on. Okay. Um, 
you know, supply chain is what it is. Every once in a while, we, we so that gives you another six to eight beers that you get to mess with that that? that that we get to have fun and play with. Okay. So you yeah. know, that's space for you know, we gotta brew those West Coast IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, they move fast. People love them. I enjoy drinking them. Um, but we also have a Trailblazer series, which is our Harry's uh, our hazy series. So we have nice. a lot of those through our our kind of our gypsy supply chain which we're actually going to bring in house at pittsburgh okay hence, hence justin felix sitting over here yeah yeah okay. um got it because you can see logger logger specialist but actually kudos to justin on this i showed up and i realized i double booked myself on 9 12 and we we're brewing together i was just training him up and i'm like dude i gotta go i i actually had i had I had an appointment I could not miss. Okay, and so I'm like, yeah, "Can can you take this home?" And he just we high fived and and he rock and rolled and, and he, just finished it on the brew system and made it happen on I'm day not one. Scared. Nice, yeah. not, not yeah. scared, not scared of no system. <laughs> now, aside from the this Zwickel, the the Keller version, are you like a full on six week logger guy for your loggers? Then it depends. Okay, I am a, I am willing to acknowledge that while indoctrination in in brewing lager beer in Germany is a thing that you know more rapid lagers can and and to my palate taste as crispy so if if you don't have the 6 8 12 weeks for traditional laydown um i love pitching very cold correctly letting that beer ferment out for its 10 days yeah but i am not afraid of a of a diacetyl rest of like 15 or 16 Celsius. So you're talking, you know, low sixties, you yeah. let that beer free rise. Yeah. So if you get your pitch temp correct and all of those ester formations, all of that is in that first 72, you know, the first three, four, five days yeah. of fermentation, you clear that hurdle and then you let the yeast clear itself up Yep. and then get that beer really cold Yeah. and process it. I'm, I'm personally, you know, with all the right levers in place, a 28-day logger person. Okay. If the gravity is where it's at and where everything's going. Now, yeah. if I'm being on the extreme end, we did. Like, we have, you know, great, great logger palate here, but it, it has to be, it has to be yeah. poured as a Zwickel beer. It's got to, okay. Um, and what's interesting is as a Zwickel, it tasted differently Friday. It tasted differently Sunday. I didn't drink it Saturday. And it's tasting different today. And yeah, that's, yeah. to me, that's like half of the fun this beer is just going to drift ever so subtly even post package because the yeast is in the package which is still basically lagering even as just sitting as long as it's sitting cold exactly yeah so i'm missing my friend and former co-host who's passed now tasty uh was with us for for years because he would have been sitting there just nodding his head with you (laughs) he was such a proponent of the um pay attention to the beer do that first few days of fermentation exactly like you're supposed to, then let it free rise into the zone that it needs to clean everything else up. And if it tastes good after three weeks, it tastes good after three weeks. Stop fucking around. And he you, he would just call it like there. We would make fun of him for this like short logger thing. Yeah, fast logger, short whatever. But he was yeah. right. Like half the time he was right if you know what you're doing in the first part of fermentation. And that was like his caveat. Like you better know what the fuck yeah, you're doing. Don't, don't, don't mess around with pitch rate. Don't yeah. mess around with pitch temp. Yeah, yeah. You need to... To hit that but yo know, i probably learned that from tasty okay nice um yeah. yeah i i had the the privilege of catching tasty on a day at the hop grenade or um at the good hop in in on yep. telegraph yeah and he was sitting solo which is rare with tasty he usually yeah. rolls pretty deep yeah yeah um i was just able to pull up next to him and chat loggers you know um kind of right there at the end and it, it was just it was great to connect with him and that's awesome and and uh you know have a moment and 
share a pint. It was funny. I was going to run in and buy beer and run out. And then, and yeah. I, 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 I'm like, is that Tasty sitting at the bar? Alone? Nice. I'm like, so I just saddled up next to him. I'm like, hey, Tasty, how's it going? I'm texting my wife like, having a beer. <laughs> You will I'm never not, guess who I'm sitting yeah, next I, to right And now. I'm I'm not going to be home in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if your, uh, let's call them short lagers, taste better because of that meeting, it was time well spent. There we go. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, huge, huge kudos to Tasty. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So why don't we pour the next beer, too? Um, and while we're doing that, I want to go back to the Pittsburgh Brewery. So you guys open Lafayette, and you're having all the success, having your own tap room now, a place where people can come and enjoy the beer that's yours, right? Um, and you decide we, we still need a brewery of our own. Now, EJ Fair, uh, who I've known for years, they kind of stopped brewery production there a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact It was timeline. COVID. It was January yes. 20th, tw- okay. like 2020. I, we have the brew sheets. I, yeah, I have the last <laughs> oh, brew sheet. Okay. And then, uh, unfortunately, and, and, and rest of the restaurants, Seoul, the, their, their tasting room next to us, my, my neighbor uh, just closed last month as well. Um, they still have the other location. And I believe they still have the front of the house in Pittsburgh. Yes. They do. Good. Yes. Which I love to hear. I'm so glad that JJ and EJ Fair are still open and doing well elsewhere. But he did mention to me, like, yeah, you know, we're, the, the brewery itself's kind of in flux. And, you know, he spent some cash and put in a nice brewery yeah. in that great space, by the way. Um, it's, cool. it's a cool building. So it's a great building. Yeah. So you guys come along, and what? How many barrels is that? It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, a it's big, right? Yeah, it's a I mean, I mean we're, it's a yeah, we're getting thirty-five out of it. Okay, yeah. So you come along, and you, you start talking to JJ, I assume, and you end up buying the brewery outright, like, or, or is it sort of no, alternating? We're, we're still leasing it from. We're, we're it's fully our license, but we're leasing it from JJ. He bought the building. It's his equipment, okay. so he's but out, it's your license. It's not he's like our a proprietorship, landlord. like alternating thing. No, okay, our, our license. Um, yeah, and we'd been. It really, it comes back to when we first brewed our Wolfback Ridge IPA there in 2017. They made I see. they made really good beer, and then uh, you know I pitched to JJ probably four years ago. Let's let's take over the space. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. And then for a while, he's like, I'm just going to rip everything out and put in a ten barrel system and just support my own restaurants. Right. And uh, eventually, that seems like too hard, too much work as That's well. That's a lot so of work and it, a lot of wasted money. A lot. Yes. Uh, so we yeah we went back and forth for a while, and then. Uh, Eventually signed a lease, took over. Then Ryan said, hey, I'm about to have a kid, so I'm going to pop out for six weeks. I'm like, all right, then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'll go back to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we, so we really officially have been in there for probably six weeks, eight weeks. Have you brewed we, on it yet? We've brewed on it. We packaged our first Four beer times. last week. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, and is that, so is that where you are? You're not in Lafayette, Justin. You're basically in Pittsburgh now. Correct. That's your house. Correct. We, we okay. even let him name our first beer out of there. Nice. We packaged last week. Which is what? Send it. Oh, nice. Send it West Coast IPA headlines. Check it out. <laughs> That's no, awesome. but it, no, it was it was great because because we were there and um, I. I, I have some experience shifting businesses from contract model to owner-operated. So I, I worked with Nico and Sully at the 21st Amendment. Oh, yeah. And so I helped them build the, the San Leandro facility. Nice. I was kind of the, the only production employee who was on the wholesale side. Obviously, um, uh, Zambo was kicking ass down at the brew pub at 563 2nd Street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but so I, I have some some experience here, you know, shifting business model from from contract. Sully would kick me if you heard me say that. Partner brewing, partner. yes, partner brewing, um, and and that's how I refer to it because I'm fully indoctrinated. Yeah, uh, partner brewing to owner operated, and it, it's just an awesome opportunity. I mean, there there was a system where it it has great bones, and it just 
you know, it just needed some time and attention and sure. and you know, JJ's done some great work there and then I'm also really particular so we're coming in and we've hard piped the whole system and and he's letting you just do whatever. Dude, I, I, I was group. like I was like JJ, can I just like start cutting into your vessels and I'm going to add a port here and this and that. He's like Oh no, that that's cool. No, that yeah, that makes sense. Have fun. Right, like, go at it. So it's like high five, nice. rock and roll. Yeah, and so you know we had process pipers on site for uh, for two weeks, but the story about send it was he had joined and we were in flux and in transition. We're in this this big shift as a company from all Gypsy Brewing to now owner operated production. Yeah, and uh, I'm talking through some things with Justin. Justin just looks at me. He's like, dude. Just send it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, "Get it done, great! All right, well, we have malts, we have hops. Like, I'm gonna fi- we're gonna figure out yeast. We're just fucking, let's brew send like it. like in a couple of days. Yeah. And so we turned it on, and we uh, we we brewed the way like Shat brewed there probably then back in the day, and yeah, and 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 learned a lot. So it was like really valuable. Um, and I always earmarked that first batch of beer to to be dumped always. Yeah. You know, and uh, but it we, came out okay. And it, it actually came out more than okay. Yeah. And people are hyped about it. And so I'm like, well, just, just, know, just, 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 just send, send it. it. Just send it. Will yeah. you also brew some EJ Fair beers for his locations? I or think, I think we're talking about, you okay. know, maybe there's some there's some fan favorites. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard a rumor about this beer called Shorty's Revenge. <laughs> you yeah. probably know about it. Yeah, yeah. People I, love that you know, I only know about it, you know, from listening to the BN for, for 12 years or something. Yeah. So, uh, that's, you probably heard us get drunk on it once or twice. Maybe, it's a, maybe it's once. It's a big beer. Yeah. Maybe once. But yeah. the the thing is, is like we'd love to, and we plan on doing that. And there's there's some other players involved too, where um, we hope we have a little bit of spare capacity. We. Yeah. It's another thing though that we turn this thing on, and while there's a lot of space there, um, we do we're growing. We have a lot of demand. So oh, that's so great. We're going to be packing these tanks out with West Coast IPAs. And our Trailblazers here is our hazy IPAs nice. um, in the near term, and that's really kind of our transition strategy. We we are still con, you know contract partner Gypsy Brewing for the but you're going to transition into this whole, everything there. Yep. Is there a canning line? There won't be, but there will be. Right? <laughs> no more capital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Austin's like uh. Austin realized I'm really good at spending money, <laughs> yeah. and if you ask Sully and well, Nico, they'd probably say the same thing. I did money. notice you you mentioned early on that the founder, one of the founders of mm-hmm. Headlands, is the head brewer at another brewery. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you're not millionaires yet, that's for sure. Everyone's still working a job. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, but I I just keep transitioning to industries. So I was in the wine business, and you know the best way to make a small fortune start with a big one. Then I was in cannabis, same bloody thing. Now I'm in beer. I'm like, I got to figure out a different industry. Yeah, because <laughs> just, yeah, you're we're in the wrong business. He was worth a couple yeah. billion it's, a few years a, ago, and now it's it's yeah, peanuts yeah. now. It's, it's like a crap ton of fun, of, but yeah, you are not you are now, not Austin. on the path to a millionaire. <laughs> N- neither are you guys. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, neither are you, and neither are you, and yeah, just, you can just go around the room. Not you, not Well, you, Justin's not you. great. We can just pay him in beer and skateboards, and he's exactly. happy to go. Yeah, yeah. That's, all. Hey, that's all he requires. One person's million is another person's skateboard, so he's exactly. doing fun. And a microwave. <laughs> he's, the, the microwave. He did, he did get his microwave. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I do want to plug more beer, though, too, because uh, they are nearby, and they have a ton of fittings that are right at our brewery size. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was just shocked, because I was able to do will call orders and pick them up the next day, and so... I actually changed a lot of my fitting preferences and things like that just, you know, because it's there. It was oh, accessible. Yeah. And, and they're also kind of crushing it on price. So there are other 
generic suppliers out there where where uh, more beers check in all three of the boxes. So yeah, like, I don't I, mind I putting that. I don't mind putting a fine point on this. Not only because they're a sponsor, but they're my friends, yeah. and I've watched them like grow over yeah. the years into what they are. And I'm actually surprised. I would say a good eight out of the ten last breweries I've had in this studio all say. Oh yeah, we buy pro shit for more beer. Oh yeah, and they Big might time. buy it from elsewhere too yep. if you need something different. But they're all like, oh, if you need it fast and you need it at a good price, at like everyone's buying for more beer, which I think is pretty dope. Yeah, they've like well, built out a great business. Well, like I was bringing process pipers in, and I hadn't quite. <laughs> drawn all the PNID the process instrumentation diagrams for them to come and pipe it so I'm like I'm just gonna buy valves on the fly for more beer and I did I was just like I bought 20 valves went and picked them up the next day bought 20 valves Done. went and picked them up the next day so you know it's it's uh, it's pretty rad yeah I like to hear that alright I think we have a Hellas yes. in our glass so uh, you mentioned Alex Brew who uh Longest standing employee now at, at Headlands, a GM, but he does like fucking everything because we're small. Okay. So um, I think Alex is who booked this show for us, right? Uh, I, think, I think Jeremy booked oh, the Jeremy, show. That's yeah. right. Jeremy did. Alex right. has been preoccupied with getting married. And, he, well, so uh, so he happens. got married. So two of the beers we're actually drinking were born from a conversation with Alex and uh, and then his significantly better half, Brittany, who he's now married to. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, Alex loves Hellas and he loves that I love lager and he's German and heritage. And so when I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep putting like Keller Hellas and, and filtered Hellas on top, this guy's like, man, Ryan's a real pain in the ass to work with. <laughs> yeah. But at least he's putting beer on top. I love to drink. Yeah. So this beer is called Brew Hellas. It's 4.9%. Nice. Um, I actually dialed back IBUs a couple of points for him because he just likes a nice clean malt forward beer mm. and really going to express that lager quality this beer leads actually all with fireman malt okay so it's fireman pills i dash of vienna and just a really classic this is more of a classic fermentation profile so okay. this this did lay down for five That's weeks great. and uh, no filter uh biofine but bi- i mean three and a half barrel system biofine biofine yeah yep um so this is the beer. Okay, now the, the previous beer, the Fest, the Keller, I would have one full liter glass of it. Yes. This is the one that I would have four of <laughs> while I'm at Oktoberfest. This That's is literally f- what I did on Sunday. <laughs> this is a four I had one liter, liter Hellas right here. Uh, uh, the, I, you, it's the one if you're going to be all day at the Fest, you, I could stick with this. It's really fantastic. I, I mean, I, I appreciate that because, you know, I don't, put my hand up as a as an IPA specialist but I want to come to the table with lagers that are nuanced but also just super drinkable and yeah. and the, and that's that's my that's my measure am I going to have two or three 20 ounce am I going to have a liter two or three of this beer yeah. and uh and that's the, the 4.9% like rock and roll all day oh, long it's so good it has all the subtleties of a good hellas but also a nice firm bitterness uh all noble What's what's the what are the the full hop bill? It it, it sots. Yeah, they're, they're, just sots. I yeah. mean, I do have a bittering charge right at the front, but it's it's minuscule and magnum or something. No, it's it's tradition. It's something okay, that yeah. if I if I am brewing a German beer, I like tradition and and uh, how it was bred and where it came out of Germany. Mm-hmm. So it is like a more modern, higher alpha hop, um, but it still has so much of that that classic kind of hollow tower characteristic that I bitter with it, and yeah. then it keeps just the the total green mass low for the whirlpool. I see. Um, and I finish with sots. So that's kind of my technique with hops. It's like bring in the German tradition, hit it on the bittering side, 
But see, and this if we you were really talking, want it, hit sots, hit sots at the end. That's perfect. And that it, this we were talking yeast before. If if I were going to bet money, which I know I'm already wrong, so yeah. I would have lost my money. I would have gone. Oh, it's Augustiner. It has to be Augustiner yeast. You've been drinking Wondrous. It sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, you love one good beer. Um, and I love Augustiner. Like that's yeah. my the, my friends from Germany who introduced me to German beer. They're just Augustiner heads. So you know how like you kind of at some point you're not really allowed to like another beer. Yeah, yeah. That happened to me with that. Uh, it's also a great beer. But uh, yeah, I would have doubled down on that. You're gonna do- okay. So you you still still swimming. well. I don't know what else to get yeah. unless we're gonna talk about like I, I I'm almost, I'm almost out of things unless we're talking spotting or something. Oh, uh, we're not we're not at spot. I mean, I I'll tell you, if you but you got to twist my arm. No, keep going. Okay, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll keep them on the spot. Okay, you, you know what? I also have a contemporary light lager that we're gonna taste through that is also the same yeast strain. The same yeast strain. And, so you, that's and, your last shot. Can I ask you that? Is it German? Even? It is okay. very much German. Okay, it actually couldn't be more German. All right, I want to make sure you're not gonna be like, no, it's Anheuser Busch. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally screw me on this, but um, it's Mexican lager. So straight, you're lucky you know, you've yeah. got this because so we mentioned Alex got married. So this beer and the next beer were brewed specifically for his wedding. Oh, nice! And yep. his math was all my friends are going to have at least ten to twelve pints. Right. So I need how many did he take? Like 12, 14 we, half barrels. Oh, yeah. Wow! We're like there's no like, way. Twelve half barrels. And it was so a big wedding. he sent back like. Two thirds of it because oh, they my, all drink. My tequila. friends all drink tequila. So, <laughs> oh shit! What do you get? <laughs> so, a, lot of, a lot of tequila doubles on ice <laughs> but, that night. But so. he was prepared. So he was very prepared. Well, well, he probably wasn't wrong that those who did drink beer drank ten to twelve pints. And well, I was driving Ryan again. Okay, yeah, <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, it, it, I for me, I was like, oh, Alex, man, I, I've thrown some big events. If you go through even half of the beer we're sending, but I love the ambition. I'm like, look, if you want us to send you nine or ten or twelve kegs, like we're just we're gonna make it happen. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're happy that they enjoyed it. Uh, but you know, Brew Hell is kind of a nod to his father and to him, and and the beer that's gonna follow up is 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 a nod to um, his new father-in-law and also his wife. All right, well, why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got that beer, so it'll be our last lager. So I get one more chance. Yep. You're right there. Uh, been, you, you got it. Don't pull up a map. You, you, if you pull uh, up a map, you might be able... No, I think... Okay. You, you're going right. to have to zoom right. out just a tiny bit. If you pull up a map, you might be able to if, pull And if out. Sully's listening, he's probably emailing you right now and texting you anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He's, he's in Denver. I, I gave him a hard time he wasn't going to be here. Uh, the JBF. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're just stuck with me. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more from Headlands uh, Brewing Company. Hang in there. It's the session. Welcome back to the session. Thanks for hanging out with us. Looks like I left a microphone on at the break, so hopefully you guys didn't talk too much shit. I talked a lot of shit. It was only Justin It was Justin's mic that was on, so I don't know how that went. But oh, jeez. Probably all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we said anything too bad. I've always been told that uh, the best parts of the show happen at the break and that I should... I should record those and like later, maybe when I'm ready to retire, release all the breaks. Oh yeah, as like a series of of podcasts. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because uh, sometimes it's us joking and saying fucked up stuff, but oftentimes it's brewers. Then, like when Sully's here, especially like really diving into the details. They're like, hey. You mentioned that that brewing process. Now I want to really talk about that. And then we spend twenty minutes at the break talking about it. 
Those, that's the release I should no, do I, today. I've, yeah. I love it. You, 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 you shouldn't do that with us, but yes, yeah. everyone's on your own. Right, right. So we don't have a ton of time left, um, and I want to dive into the beer, but let's just wrap up. So you guys, uh, just to make sure we put a fine point on it, you are now officially have taken over the, the Pittsburgh Brewhouse, which I'm so stoked to hear. Like I already mentioned, it's a beautiful spot, and it sounds like you guys just really needed a home. You will, you will transition, I guess, eventually 100% of the brewing into that. I I mean, other the than, plan. The, than yeah. the, the tap room, yeah. Um, that, I mean, that is the plan. Uh, side growth, you know. It, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, and the the good news is, is we have some great partners, but um, you know, we you know we're growing pretty rapidly, and we're launching potentially new SKUs. I don't know. I, I don't want to say too much, but sure. there's just there's a lot of things in the works, and yeah, you know, we can get three to four thousand barrels of beer through that space. Okay, uh, but we'll see if that'll be enough. Sure. Well, Ryan and I have a deal, right? Once we do that. You get to build a new brewery, and Ryan likes building breweries. Like so, yeah. Yeah. He's very incented to get us to five thousand. I built more than one brewery, <laughs> so right. I'm like, yes, let's do it again, do well, it better. Well, and can I? It seems to me so. A lot of breweries um, are very grassroots, and I think you guys are too, and and promote within and hire within. But it seems to me, Austin, like you were, I don't know if you were targeted or, or you were, re- I read through some of your own bio. I did my, my Google of Uh-oh. you and you're, you're a guy who you, you've already said you, you've come from other industries. And one of the things that you do well is to scale companies, to, to come in and see where a company wants to grow up and help them do that. Do I have that about right? Yeah, hundred percent. Part of your specialty. Yes. And not every brewery wants to do that, right? Some breweries mm-hmm. want to, no, we're just small. We're just going to keep who we are. Even if they want to grow, they're like, oh, we'll do it ourselves, which is a lot. It's a big learning curve. So I feel like if you guys are growing rapidly right now in a difficult time, that does have a lot to do with bringing someone like you on, Austin, to help with that trajectory. Is that really kind of your job? Yeah, I do. A, that, that is why I came on, to help, help scale the business. I mean, we're talking scale in Northern California. We okay. Don't, we don't really need to, we or want to be anywhere else. But, I see. Um, but really, it just comes down to putting the right people around you. We, had the, we opened up Lafayette. It was incredible, but we didn't have Ryan or Justin at that point in time. Okay. And uh, we had a team meeting over at Pittsburgh the other day to sort of drink a little champagne and just celebrate the first beer coming off the system. Heck yeah. And like, it just felt, it felt so natural, but also felt like, We've, we have a brewing team where that can take us anywhere. Right. And we didn't have that before. Yes, we had you know, Phil and Patrick were amazing, but we, it was always contract brewing. Okay. Now we have our own system, an incredible brewing team. You make your own and, tweaks. Yeah. And so we, don't, we have no aspirations to be huge. Okay. But we do have an aspiration to be the brewery that you know, people just they look up to, they aspire to be a little bit like us. Yeah. Uh, the same way as we aspire to some other great breweries in the Bay Area. Sure. So it's... It's fun. So now you feel like you guys are sort of more in charge of your own destiny. So you can grow as large as you want to, and at least you're in control of the quality as it goes. I think control's the key. You talk about securing hops and securing all all the things that that we can do. But even though we've had some great contract growing partners, just being always the kind of third leg on the stool was just challenging. And uh, now we have our own spot. See, I like. I'm glad that you're honest about that too, and, and and not that Sully hasn't been when he comes in here too. But you know, when you are just gypsy brewing or contract brewing, you do kind of have to toe the line. Like, no, everything's exactly how we want the beer to be. Yeah, right. But that's kind of the message you have to do. But in all honesty, and I think most of our savvy listeners and consumers know, yeah, there's some missing pieces there when it's not your hands on it all the way through. And now you get to do that. What yeah. what what is exciting though? Um, I know I, I've geeked out a little bit on the loggers, but Point Bonita was a partner brew. 
So, you know, that and a great beer. And so that's where um, there's a time and a place and, and there's opportunity for scale for business there as well. So, Are you worried that you're now going to screw up Point Bonita now that it's in your hands? Hell actually? no. Because <laughs> it's, no. like, it's, like, it's dialed no. in. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Justin's like, nah, I got this. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I'm, man, I came out here like 12 years to the Bay Area to be, to be a brewer and like looked up to everyone I listened to on the BN and, and everyone I still do. I've learned so much from everyone, and it's just like, yeah, but I've brewed enough places at enough, you know, I I, I cut my teeth, uh, ghost, you know, vampire brewing for Dan Gordon down in San Jose. Oh, yeah. You know, and then the transition with 21. He like, would I, never let you do a short lager, Dan uh, Gordon. No he, no, he wouldn't. Well, the funny thing is, is, you know, <laughs> I actually ended up founding a brewery, and um, I, one of my business partners, also my wife, got me landed on a radio show and Ryan Scott's favorite oh, person yeah. to bring on is, is Dan, Dan Gordon. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm like the beer guy coming on and I walk <laughs> in and Dan Gordon's there. Like, and oh, I'm like, man. man, I'm so happy to see you and like, those, these are big <laughs> shoes. I got to yeah. sit next to you in my first radio show. It, you know, it, it was, it was yeah. a lot. We had a lot of fun. Dan's so. great. Grant's great. So is Ryan. Chef Ryan Scott. Yes. Yeah. Is he still doing radio? Do you know? You know, it was, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while. It was, but it was great. We we had yeah. good fun. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 you've seen enough at, uh, at enough places that, and you build enough breweries and 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 you spend some of your own money and some of a lot of other people's money and like sure you learn a lot of hard lessons and and you do it better every single time. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm I am supremely confident that beers we bring in house and that's our intent. We want to bring everything sure. in house. And, I can tell you guys are right where you want to be. Yeah, I can tell that this is a. But yeah. this is a huge transition. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, and and I, I learned this from 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 twenty one A. I mean, and and there are other breweries I've worked with that I shifted from owner operated to contract. So kind of the opposite yeah. of that model. Um, and there's a dynamic to it, and it 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 takes a lot of management. And so, you know, luckily I have some of that experience, uh, and luckily I'm surrounding myself with with brewers who are better than me at particularly making styles I'm not very good at oh, making. That's how you win. Always yeah. surround yourself with people yeah, better exactly. than you. Yeah. So, that um, was my that was my rule as a musician. I had, I was in great bands. Always the worst one in the band. And <laughs> that perfect. was and that you was learned my the model. most. That was yeah. my model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you learned the most, right? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. that's what you guys are doing. So we're having we're having some fun. I, but it is it's this like if if been around the brand's been around since 2013 and it feels like a startup. Like it's yeah. like it's like we're just we're you know we're just finding the footing that's that that I'm very excited to. I think to you guys are with. putting that out that both in the beer, uh, which is fresh and awesome tasting, and the vibe. It does it feels like a startup to me too. I like that. It's a good analogy. All right, let's talk. I have an American light lager in my glass, which is called what? Uh, it's called Jim Light, and. Okay. Um, Luckily, yeah. Don't don't, don't show them the label because I, I don't want Miller coming I'm just, after. I'm just going to show the beer into the <laughs> yeah. into the camera if you're um, watching it, on YouTube. It is an adjunct uh, American light lager, but I am not using an American yeast strain. I'm using the same German lager strain okay, that I've been yeah. using mm-hmm. for everything but Point Bonita. Um, it's it's 20% flaked rice. It is just crispy Pilsner malt and really dry, really fermented well. Wireman Pilsner malt again. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. this batch was Admiral. Admiral. So I think there's like a, a little extra layer there. But I was talking to Alex. I'm like, hey, what you know? What do you and Brittany want to drink at your wedding? He's like, well, you know, Br- 
Brittany's father really likes Coors Light, and every once in a while, you know, she'll have one, I have one. It's like, like great, I'll brew that for you. And then like I walk out of that conversation, I'm like, I'm an idiot. And what did like, I just? This get? is yeah. actually one of the hardest styles of beer to make. Like any brewer will, you yeah. know, has told you that in the past. It's like there's nothing to hide behind. Right. It is all execution, no flaws. And all fermentation. And all fermentation, because if you don't hit fermentation, it's going to rear its ugly head in a beer like this. Yeah. So I realized I kind of signed up for for more than I bargained for, and I like quickly put the recipe together because I'm like, I need to brew this as soon as possible because I need to lager it for a while. And if I can't do that, I'm going to have to brew it again. Yeah. So, <laughs> I uh, love this beer. Nailed it. it dude, it's, it's, it's so good. It's it? 4%. There is a whisper of hops. I think I like whispered. German tradition over okay. the kettle <laughs> and, yeah. um, and hey, it's like 10 IBUs wow and it's so funny too because um, the crowd at the wedding I was lucky enough to be invited to the wedding uh, the crowd at the wedding is like man who this beer looks like the best Coors Light I've ever had and I'm All like right. it's actually not Coors Light no you should have just been like <laughs> I would have just hit in the back going like yeah it's just we just happen to get really fresh it's Coors Light it's super fresh Coors Light <laughs> yeah. yeah you know in 2005 when I started the Brewing Network I would have hated this beer, but not because it's not perfectly executed, because I didn't know how to appreciate a light lager, right? And now times have changed, and I'm like, oh, man, I just want to keg this on all the time. So, look, I'm a big proponent. I'm I'm a brewer who believes there's a time and a place for every Mm -hmm. beer Mm -hmm. out there. And, and, you know, I think I've even told the story to Sully. Like, I didn't get watermelon wheat. My favorite beer when I joined on was uh, a beer called Bitter American, which you've got great beer. Great beer. It got discoed. Um, They asked me that in the interview, and Sully was like, hmm, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was an okay answer. Um, But... I got watermelon wheat one day when I was in Dolores Park and it was a heat wave and it was 95 degrees and I brought some 21A and I placed for that. I had like four hell or high watermelons. I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, oh, I right. get it. And said, ever since then, I'm like the snobbery has melted away and I'm like, there is always a time and a place for a beer. And I think that's what's happened to me over the years too and why I can, yeah. This is just fantastic. Okay, I'm ready for my yeast guess. I'm okay. ready for my final. What is it? It's Polaner. Ooh, that's a great guess. Oh, that's great guess. guess. Oh, three strikes. Uh, <laughs> none of our listeners expected me to get it anyway, so it's fine. Well, it's the only monastery brewery in Bavaria. Oh, I thought that was Augustiner. Uh, Ondex. Uh, oh, Ondex. Of course Zing. it's Ondex. <laughs> Shit! If I had you had were, an Ondex, you were dancing, dude. Yeah. You were there. <laughs> you were, yeah. I mean, I look. You you were circling. The, so Ondex for, is such a great fucking brewery, too. Well, so I I I came to the Bay Area. I moved into the Western Edition, and then there was a beer garden that served liters of beer down the street, and they would get Keller, like Volbeer Ondex Hellas. Yeah, I would yeah. just. I would go there, and it was super fresh for like four years. Yeah, and it just it's made such an imprint on me outside of Germany but in the Bay Area that it became a, a little bit of my je ne sais quoi I'm like look there are great brewers in the Bay Area there's amazing beer being produced we all can use the same yeasts yeah so it's one way I really like to differentiate oh, um, like, so good even even Damn with the it. even with the West Coast IPAs I, I, I look there's there's Cal Ale which is an amazing yeast strain oh, it's yeah. robust and it makes awesome raw material forward beers and there are other really cool ale strains that can express differently. So I, it's a way that I always try to find something new and different yeah. and, and differentiate it. Because look, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 brews, doesn't really matter. I just I want someone to drink a pint and have it be like, that's great 
and I don't exactly know why. And it's not because it's Rewaka or it's yeah, not because, yeah. you know, they lot selected the best X, Y, Z. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. And so that's, that's always been my, my, uh, my little, yeah. Well my, done. My little yeah. take. So kudos to Ryan for sure. Yeah. Like, this was the first beer that I came on mm. to. And this kind of introduced me to what, how Ryan is as a brewer. So. Yeah. It's a great, I think, a great sure. philosophy to to find that little separation point, especially with a beer like this, right? Because you like you can't hide anything, like you said. Absolutely. So if your differentiator is a that you can do it right, because that's a differentiator, <laughs> differentiator. Uh, but b you chose a yeast like that. Oh yeah. All right, let's do the IPA before we run out of time. All so right, we've done yeah. lagers all show long, um, but of course you got to have an IPA. What's the name of this IPA? Because I can't it's remember. A, it. It's a horrible name. And <laughs> who, who named it? I, uh, I named it. No, I <laughs> Elon Musk. Yeah, no, it wasn't Elon Musk. Uh, it's not my first child. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just got that, Justin. That took me a second. (laughs) Yeah, because the name is like half letters, half numbers. R N D O one. I mean, we're in the Bay Area. People know what R and D is. I hope, but it stands for Research and Development. Sure. Zero one. You could imply that it may be the first attempt at something, or just the number one. Just we're the best. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, All right. West Coast IPA, though. West Coast IPA. Yeah. We're all gonna get quiet. Oh, the aromas, yeah. amazing. Well, you also said you kind of like the diesel, so yeah, it's yeah. Well, yeah, diesel dank and a little like a little fruit in there too. There you go. A stone that's fruit. The, that's the yeah. balance. Um, all right, tell me about the beer. So six point one. Uh, we're working for something here. There's there's an end target, and I'm not allowed to say too much because Austin will. He, he's not a violent person. He's a pacifist. Yeah, he's not going to punch me, but he may gently nudge me not to say too much. Yeah. Uh, we have a really fun partnership coming up in, that is going to be announced in the next few weeks. And I've been working some West Coast IPAs, and then luckily Justin Felix has come on, and we've we've gone over the recipe, and we're kind of looking at each other. We're like moving a couple of dials. So you know, Lafayette gives us the opportunity to try to dial some of these beers in. This mm. was R and D zero one. Um, the hops leading are uh, bittered with Bravo. And then we're finishing uh, in a whirlpool, and then with dry hop with Idaho Seven and HBC Five Eighty Six. Okay, so kind of fun, cool hops. Idaho Seven was really hot, you know, back in two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I love that hop. Um, it's a fun hop. It's rad. I actually I've made some beers earlier this year where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it, it it's it's singing to me a little bit, and I want to offset it with a little bit of that fruitiness. Yeah. So you know, we've had some fun folding in some HBC Five Eighty Six. Um, and been able to secure like some nice lots of this hop. Um, so a little bit of lime in the fruitiness. Do you get lime? No, I I, I am. And what's fun about this is actually uh, we found out we were going to end up on the show, and we had a keg left at the tap room. And I went and I'm like, this, this is for up. the brewing network. Okay, nice. Um, and uh, it's fun to taste this beer like a week and a half, two weeks, because it would have been gone a week and a half ago, but we held it for 10 more days and just seeing how these hops are migrating yeah. um, and interplaying. Uh, that first pour is a little more diesel. It's got a little bit more of that gassiness. Yeah. The fruitiness is a little subdued. As it sits in your glass, you are getting some of these fun tropical fruit, citrus flavors, and like you know, you're pulling out lime and things yeah. like that. So, hey, but look, it's, it's very dry. It is a Pilsner base. We are um, not using Cal Ale, and I won't share this yeast strain. There's, you got to have one secret, right? <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, with this yeast and with these hops and with this you know nice clean malt base, it's just kind of. I've been drinking a lot of West Coast 
IPAs in the Bay Area. And I've always played in the pool that no one else was playing in with the loggers and like the Belgian Abbeys and the Saisons and Grissettes and all these fun, eclectic, cool styles that, you know, are are near and dear to my heart. Yeah. So I, I am. I'm looking to some of the, the greats out there right now. I'm like, man, I drink their beer all the time. I want to order one of those and one of mine kind of back to back. Yeah. And, uh, and taking notes from people who, who really know their shit. And so. there's... You know, I was going to say there's a lot. There's not. There's a handful, especially around the Bay. There, there's a ton of good beer in the Bay. Don't of course. Yeah. But what you just described, the folks who just really know what they're doing, you can always order their beer on tap and know that you can take notes. There's only a handful, right? Yeah. So no, they're, do they're, it. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I was able to buy some of their hops, and I'm like standing oh, yeah. on a new brew deck with, you know, a cat, you know, Justin from Ghost Town. And great brewer. Just, yeah, great brewer. And like, you know, he's 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 done so much. He's paid his dues. He's been around the way for so long. Absolutely. And like, you know, we're just bouncing ideas off each other. And I, I'm like point blank. I'm like, dude, you know me. You yeah. know what I brew. I brew a ton of lagers. I'm like, talk me through West Coast IPA. Yeah, know? yeah. And so just to hear his, not, not that I'm going to do everything that, that he's kind of laying out, sure. but he gives me his thought process and overlaying it with some of the greats, like Sully, you know? Mm-hmm. I, a lot of my, I go back to my homebrew recipes and I realized they were so heavily influenced by Sean O'Sullivan from the fucking brewing network. Heck yeah. You know? By the that, way, one of the first to can beers in all of the Bay Area too. Yes, we not can. just his. Yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> just his recipes and his IPAs, but but to get on the can wagon before anybody did. I mean, a lot. He, he invented the can wagon I mean, in some yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. It was Oscar Blues and Sully, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So you know, and Nico. So um, it's cool to just continue to, and that's what's great. You know, this brewers talk about all this all the time. The sales guys maybe sometimes they get a little competitive, but brewers one on one, like. Yeah, you know, just discuss. We just want to we want to riff, and we all want everyone to make better beer because yeah, I want to drink someone else's beer that's better than mine, so I can then try to make a beer better than theirs. Totally. And if the industry continues to do that, there will be fun and exciting things for you to talk about yeah. for the next ten years. I hope so. And if people get complacent, that. you know, and it's just kind of like, oh well, we got to have seventeen hazies and one size on on. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of depends on who's buying that uh, that week. Well, but, yeah, 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 exactly. So well, if R N D O one is just the first version. You fucking nailed it already. It's pretty good, right? Wait. Like, is R&D-O2 even... Are, <laughs> Dude, Justin, are you going to name wait, the next bro. one, though? Huh? Are you yep. going to name the next one? Yeah. Uh, Ryan's off. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan's fired. No. It's not going to be R&D-O2, R&D-O3. Actually, at a, look, at the Lafayette Tap Room, it works. You That's can do totally like. fine. Yeah, it's six yeah. kegs. It's just, you just don't want it on a can on the shelf. You do not. No, you do not. <laughs> but well, I would go... If I'm going into Lafayette and I see that name in your defense... I'm buying that beer. But it was funny because I, I, I told Austin when I was going to name it, and it had just the initials of potentially a new launch that may or may not be coming out in the next three weeks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> right, yeah. and Austin's like, no, no, that's that's top secret. That's too, to bottle yeah. that up. Like, Understood. Cut it out. And so I, I, we're like, I'm scribbling names off of keg collars after we're racking it because I'm like, we're not allowed to call it. Right. We're well, I'm also the guy it. that Nick sent it. Initially, I'm like, no, we can't call it standard. It sounds like we just phoned it in, and it may well be the best name we ever came up with. So, right, I yeah. agree. Austin, if I wake up tomorrow to some press release of whatever this project is, I'm going to be super pissed. Two weeks that you didn't give me the scoop. Two weeks, less right. than two weeks. I can accept ten, two weeks. Ten twenty-seven, I think's the date. Okay, you okay maybe the month. I can accept that. It, I've had the worst. So, uh, do you remember when? Lagunitas sued Sierra Nevada over yes. like the use of the IPA font. Yeah, 
that fucker from Lagunitas was on this show the <laughs> night before. Were you with Tony McGee sitting I, here? Tony sat in your seat. <laughs> and 12 hours later when I woke up, he's suing Sierra Nevada. And I was like, you fucker. <laughs> Like a you're, you're not 45 gonna, minute session you could have had. You couldn't give me that scoop. It, it, we ended in the middle of the night. I, like, who was gonna hear it? Yeah, <laughs> me. I, I probably was listening. Yeah, this guy. Right. Right take, I saw my notepad out, and yeah. I was like 40 beers deep, and still taking. So notes. it could have been a good thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. I'll accept several weeks. That's fine. Cool. But if you, if I wake up yeah. tomorrow, you're it never will, invited will, back. It will not. Well, unless just I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I told Austin that that you've been dying for scoops. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I just mm-hmm. I prepped him on the car ride over mm-hmm. here. Right. It's if we. Ryan were, was telling me he was going to bring his medal. Oh, I don't know. If, I. Oh yeah. So I, I was a, a recipient of Drunk of the Week. Oh my gosh! And, really? And I literally carried. I carried my medal in my backpack for. 13 years <laughs> and then I cleaned up my backpack like four months ago and right, I ended up it's in my fucking nightstand uh, it's in the, you know it's I was a, gonna just wear my, my Drunk of the Week medal just to see if you noticed it I'm gl- <laughs> I, I probably would have and I'm glad you didn't tell me in advance because I would have gone scouring for the recording I would oh, have played it I, that's why I couldn't let <laughs> you do it <laughs> yeah. I think it may have involved nefarious photos that's and amazing other on shenanigans <laughs> when it. I was a young and dumb home brewer. Look, uh, Drunk of the Week, it, which we eliminated years ago on the Brewing Network, it's one of those things that, you know, you're not really proud of, it, both for us and for those who want it, but it is part of your life and it's part of your growth as a human. And I, I don't, in other words, I don't regret any Drunk of the Week we ever did. I think it was a hilarious segment that we did for years. But it certainly was time to move on. <laughs> when we finally, I, I, I know I was, I was. Uh, it's like a yearbook photo. But Ryan's grown so up now. You can look I, at it. And it's fine. Up, but I tried so hard. I mean, I kept calling in like week after week. After oh week, no, you were going and for it. And I was like, man, I'm never quite checking the box. Like, what's it gonna take? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was we fun. were sticklers there for a while. You really had to go out of the your way. The phone lines were deep. There was one right. time I was so lit and I never got through. <laughs> I, I woke up the next day. You dialed and the I was wrong like, number on the I patio. Like, I was like, oh. How did I? How did I? Did I win? Did I win? Did I win? Did I win? You're nope. waiting for the archive. Yeah, 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 I was waiting for the archive that came up like four months later. Uh, and you're making my night right now. This is great. <laughs> no, but I did. I listened through. And I'm like, man, I uh, I didn't get through. Uh, well, I'm glad. Hey, you eventually got your medal. Yeah, Har- I did. Hard Thank work you. pays off. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> there, there's there's GABF, but yeah. what they don't give out anymore are drunk of the week medals. That's right. And you have a very limited run. We only ever made one batch of of drunk of the week medals. Yes. So. Look at you. Don't throw that Bring thing away. It no, I, back. I, 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 if, if Bring you're ever, it back. Bring it back. Because I need yeah. to beat Ryan. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for coming on the show and sharing this beer with us. Uh, it, it's all fantastic. I think you guys have a, a bright future, and I'm happy to, to help spread the word. Um, you can go to, what did I say, headlandsbrewing.com to follow along um, and, 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 and track their progress. I think, is there like a beer finder there? People can figure out where to buy yeah, it? Yeah, we got a beer finder, and we're launching another one with this new secretive product that Ryan won't tell anybody about. Right. Yeah. If I had a few more drinks, if I, it's, all, it's, all, it's all over. What if I guess? It's not a weed beer, is it? Are you getting no, into no. the cannabis it's, beer thing? <laughs> it's the partnership it's that's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a it's a fun it's, partnership. It's a really, really fun partnership. 
All right. Well, send me the press release. I, I'd love to help promote it. Thank uh, you. I also want to come back to the. You guys don't know, but I've like I've done my own R and D at the Lafayette Tap Room. Beautiful, beautiful place. Love to come have a beer with you guys next time. Please. I won't, I won't be on the, it. Won't be on the down low. <laughs> yeah. When is send it release? Is so that, actually, I mean, we 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 brought in three half barrels on Thursday. We kicked a half Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wasn't even on tap Sunday. Get it before wow. it's gone. So, so you guys are busy down there. Uh, they they oh, yeah, moving dude. moving some beer. That's I mean great. It, it it's it's moving the needle for the Lafayette beer scene. I think I'm happy to hear it. Yep. All right, folks, go to headlandsbrewing.com and you can check it all out. Um, great guys, great beer, great people, I should say. Um, and uh, happy to have you guys on the show. Thanks for bringing out Thank all the you. beer. Thank Cheers. you, Justin. It's done. Thanks for your time with us. All right, don't forget a couple of things coming up. I will be streaming the Great American Beer Festival Awards on uh, Saturday, October 8th. By the time you hear this podcast, they're probably over, to be honest with you. But you can go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash brewing network. And uh, you can watch it all there. Also, Hop Grenade Pale Fest, Saturday, November 5th. Uh, there's a ticket link to buy them on the brewingnetwork.com and the hopgrenade.com. It's right here at the Hop Grenade, and we're looking for the best American pale ale, and you get to vote. It's a People's Choice Award. So check it out and uh, come out here and vote for your best uh, American pale ale. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care of yourselves and your beer. The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewingnetwork. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.